1 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 1. And the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn, but forasmuch as he defiled his father's couch, his birthright was given unto the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel, yet not so that he was to be reckoned in the genealogy as firstborn. In chapter 4, it spent a lot of time going over the genealogy of the tribe of Judah. It mostly talked about Judah. And in this chapter, it's going to talk about the genealogy of the tribe of Reuben, which is the firstborn son. But he lost his birthright as firstborn because he slept with his father's concubine. And that was a shameful thing to do. So he was cursed for that. His birthright went to Joseph who was Israel's favorite son, because Joseph was the firstborn of the favorite wife. And Joseph got a double blessing. Instead of having a tribe named after him, Israel had two tribes named for him, one after his son Ephraim and the other after his son Manasseh. And that's how we got the two tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh. 2. For Judah prevailed above his brethren, and of him came he that is the prince, but the birthright was Joseph's. Judah also is a greatly blessed tribe because that's the tribe that the prince who is Jesus, the prince of peace, comes from, and that all of the kings of Israel came from. 3. The sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, Hanok and Pelu, Hezron and Carmi, all four of those men are sons of Reuben. 4. The sons of Joel, Shemaiah his son, Gog his son, Shemai his son. Joel was also a descendant of Reuben. His son was Shemaiah, and his son was Gog, and his son was Shemai. 5. Micah his son, Reiah his son, Baal his son. This is the first book in the Bible where it's been really hard to follow who is the son of who, because the verses kind of assume that you know already. And the way this reads, it looks like Micah in verse 5 is the son of either Shemaiah, Gog, or Shemai. It's probably Shemaiah, because Shemaiah's name was mentioned first after Joel. And it looks like Joel is probably the son of Hanok, because Hanok's name was mentioned first after Reuben. So it looks like it's saying Reuben had all these sons, Hanok was his firstborn, and then Joel had all these sons, Shemaiah was his firstborn. So we're going to assume that Joel was Hanok's firstborn. And then it says Micah had Reiah and Baal. So I'm assuming Micah is the firstborn of Shemaiah, which is Joel's firstborn. 6. Bera his son, whom Tilagath Pilazer, king of Assyria, carried away captive, he was prince of the Reubenites. All of these, that their name starts the verse, they're all princes, which means Bera, I'm assuming, is the son of Reiah, who was the son of Micah. 7. And his brethren, meaning Bera's brethren, by their families, when the genealogy of their generations was reckoned, the chief, Jael, and Zechariah. Those are two chiefs that came from Bera's family. 7. And Bela, the son of Azaz, the son of Shema, the son of Joel, who dwelt in Aror, even unto Nebo and Belmeon. Aror is a place, Nebo is a mountain, and Belmeon is another place. And it's saying that Bela's family dwelt in these areas, and his great-grandfather was Joel, who we just read about in verse 4. So it is telling you how people are connected, but it's doing it in a really hard-to-understand way. 
9. And eastward he dwell even unto the entrance of the wilderness from the river Euphrates, because their cattle was multiplied in the land of Gilead. Remember the Reubenites got their territory first, because the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half of the tribe of Manasseh took the cattle country that was on the east side of the Jordan before the Israelites crossed the Jordan and divided up the rest of Israel between the other ten tribes. That's why the places that are being mentioned in this chapter are east of the Jordan. 10. And in the days of Saul they made war with the Hagrites, who dwelt by their hand, and they dwelt in their tents throughout all the land east of Gilead. The Hagrites would be pagans who originally were there, who the Israelites cast out of the land. 11. And the sons of Gad dwelt over against them in the land of Bashan unto Salka. The Gadites dwelt with the Reubenites and half of the tribe of Manasseh, all in this massive territory of cattle land, a huge, huge territory. And it's all east of the Jordan. 12. Joel the chief. Now this is the third verse that's mentioned the same man, Joel, who is one of the princes of the tribe of Reuben and Shapham the second, and Janai, and Shaphat, and Bashan. Those are all chiefs that followed after Joel. 13. And their brethren of their father's houses were Michael, and Meshalam, and Sheba, and Jorai, and Jackan, and Zia, and Eber, seven all together. It looks like the seven men in verse 13 might be sons of concubines, but they're still their father's sons. But they are in Joel's family. 14. These are the sons of Abihel, the son of Hurri, the son of Jeroah, the son of Gilead, the son of Michael, the son of Jehishai, the son of Jado, the son of Buzz. Buzz is Abihel's great-great-great-great-grandfather, and Buzz is also a Reubenite. And now in verse 15, it's going to start telling you who Abihel's sons are. 15. I, the son of Abdiel, the son of Guni, the chief of their father's houses. Unfortunately, in this chapter, there's some missing information, so you can't be totally sure how each person is related. And at this point in verse 14 and 15, you can't even be totally sure if they're naming the names of Reubenites. At this point, it could be Gadites that they're talking about, who are also Israelites. 15 and 14 verses, those verses could be about the tribe of Gad, but they're living in the same area as the Reubenites. And it looks like the scribe who wrote this is just naming off everybody who lives in that huge cattle territory. Whoever he names in this chapter is either going to be from the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, or the half-tribe of Manasseh. 16. And they dwelt in Gilead, in Bashan, and in the towns thereof, and in all the open lands of the plain upon their borders. That's where I and Abihel lived. 17. All these were reckoned by genealogies in the days of Jotham, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, king of Israel. 18. The sons of Reuben and the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, as many as were valiant men, men able to bear buckler and sword, these are great warriors who lived in this area, and they were strong enough not only to carry heavy equipment to fight with, but also to fight successfully and kill the enemy. And to shoot with bow and skillful in war were forty and four thousand seven hundred and three score. A score is twenty. 
This total number is 44,760 that were able to go to war. Those are just the warriors. Those aren't all of the men. And of course, for every man, there's probably four other women and children. 19. And they made war with the Hagrites and Jeter and Nafish and Nodab. Those are all pagans who they made war with in that area to expel them out of the land. 20. And they were helped against them, and the Hagrites were delivered into their hand, and all that were with them. For they cried to God in the battle, and he was entreated of them, because they put their trust in him. Because they believed that God would help them to win the battle against the pagan Hagrites, that's the only reason why they won. And for you and me also, the only reason we'll win any battle in life is because God is fighting for us. So we need to give him the credit and then we'll have more success. They never win a battle unless they ask God first. And they don't keep winning unless they obey his commandments and give him the glory. It's a simple principle for you and I. Just try it. It actually works. Just ask God. Instead of just mindlessly going to the grocery store, say, God, will you please go with me? Will you go before me and behind me? Will you help me select the right things to purchase? Will you make the prices low? Will you bless me so that I can bless others while I'm there? Will you help me to run into somebody who I can give my testimony to? And when we pray these simple prayers in faith, amazing things happen in our lives, and our life becomes totally different. It's not the same. Your life becomes a miracle when you think this way and pray this way. 21. And they took away their cattle and their camels, 50,000, and of sheep, 250,000, and of asses, 2,000, and of souls of men, 100,000, meaning they captured people and animals when they were fighting those battles because the pagans already were using that land as cattle land and then it became the Israelites cattle land and they also took some of the cattle and people that were already there. Now those people would have become slaves or servants to them. 22. For there fell many slain, because the war was of God, and they dwelt in their stead until the captivity. This is the captivity of Israel when God expelled the Israelites into Babylon and Assyria. But until that time, the Gadites, Reubenites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh dwelt confidently. 23. And the children of the half-tribe of Manasseh dwelt in the land from Bashan, unto Bel Hermon, and Sinir, and Mount Hermon, where they increased. These are all mountains and areas where they dwell, so they're mountain people as well as people of the plains. And the name Baal is a demon god's name. Pagans had previously named one of those places after Baal. 24. And these were the heads of their father's houses. So these are the chiefs or the princes of the tribe of Manasseh. We're now talking about the tribe of Manasseh. Ephor and Ishi and Eliel and Azriel and Jeremiah and Hodaviah and Hadiel, mighty men of valor, famous men, heads of their father's houses. That's seven mighty men of the tribe of Manasseh. 25. And they broke faith with the God of their fathers and went astray after the gods of the peoples of the land, whom God destroyed before them. 26. And the God of Israel stirred up the spirit of Pul, king of Assyria, and the spirit of Tilagath Pilisner, king of Assyria. And he carried them away, even the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh, who brought them into Hala and Harbor and Hara and to the river Gozan unto this day.
Now it's explaining why the captivity happened. Because the people of Manasseh were practicing paganism and witchcraft and child sacrifice and all of that stuff. God allowed the king of Assyria, Pul, and another king as well, Tilagath Pilisner, at a different time, to haul not only the people of Manasseh away as slaves, but also Gadites and Reubenites who were living in that land. 27. The sons of Levi. Now we're going to talk about a different tribe in its genealogy, which is the priestly tribe, Levi. His son was Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. And you know about them because the Kohathites camped on the southern side of the tabernacle. The Gershonites camped on the western side of the tabernacle. And the Merarites camped on the northern side of the tabernacle when the Israelites were traveling. And then Aaron, his son, was the high priest, and he camped on the east side of the tabernacle. 28. And the sons of Koath, this is the tribe that camped on the southern side of the tabernacle. Koath's sons are Amram, Izar, and Hebron, and Uziel. The Koathites are the ones who carried the temple furniture after it was wrapped up by the priests. After the priests would wrap it securely, then the Kohathites would lift it and carry it to the next camp. 29. And the children of Amram, Aaron and Moses and Miriam. Now it's going back and telling you the priestly line. Amram was the father of Moses, and Aaron was Moses' older brother. Amram was also his father. And Aaron was the first high priest. And the sons of Aaron were Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. Nadab and Abihu are the ones who were killed by the Lord because they offered strange fire. They didn't follow the Lord's commands. They tried to basically make witchcraft at the tabernacle because they wanted to make up their own ritual. And so they were killed for that because God is a holy God and we don't tell God what his rituals are. He's a holy God. He tells us what to do. And then Eleazar and Ithamar became the high priests after their older brothers were killed. 30. Eleazar begot Phineas, and Phineas begot Abishua. Eleazar became the oldest son of Aaron after the first two oldest sons died. 31. And Abishua begot Buki, and Buki begot Uzi. It's telling you the generations of Eleazar because those are the generations of the high priest. And that's what we're learning about now. 32. And Uzi begot Zariah, and Zariah begot Merioth. 33. And Merioth begot Amariah, and Amariah begot Ahitub. They're all firstborn sons of a high priest. Because according to God's law, only the firstborn son inherits the priesthood of the high priest. So these are all firstborn sons of the high priest. And each of them, their father was high priest, and his father and his father. 34. And Ahitub begot Zadok, and Zadok begot Ahimaz. Zadok was in King David's time. 35. And Ahimaz begot Azariah, and Azariah begot Johanan. 36. And Johanan begot Azariah. Azariah's grandfather was also named Azariah. He it is that executed the priest's office in the house that Solomon built in Jerusalem. Azariah's grandfather or great-grandfather was Zadok. Azariah was not priest during King Solomon's reign. 
he was priest in the house that King Solomon built. That's all that it's saying. He actually was priest in Hezekiah's reign because there's like four generations in between him and Zadok, and Zadok was in King David's reign. 37. And Azariah begot Amariah, and Amariah begot Ahitub. 38. And Ahitub begot Zadok, and Zadok begot Shalom. This would be another Zadok who comes later, so it's kind of like Zadok the second. 39. And Shalom begot Hilkiah, and Hilkiah begot Azariah. 40. And Azariah begot Sariah, and Sariah begot Jehozadak. Hilkiah was a good priest who served under King Joash when Hilkiah found the book of the law that was hidden in the temple and brought it to the king, and the king read it. So he was a great blessing to Israel. 41. And Jehozadak went into captivity when the Lord carried away Judah and Jerusalem by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. And that would have been during the prophet Jeremiah's time and during the king Zedekiah's time. King Zedekiah was proud and he didn't listen to Jeremiah and what Jeremiah said, and instead he believed the lying prophets and thought that he could battle against Nebuchadnezzar and win. And of course, God had warned him that he sent Nebuchadnezzar to punish Israel and that Israel was supposed to submit to Nebuchadnezzar. But Zedekiah didn't want to submit, so he was taken captive. And that concludes First Chronicles chapter 5.